The Tom Woods Show, episode 1170. Prepare to set fire to the index card of allowable opinion. Your daily dose of liberty education starts here. The Tom Woods Show. Folks, for Father's Day, your dad does not need any more ties. What he does need is an amazing Omaha Steaks package. Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving a limited-time offer to my listeners for Father's Day at 78% off. This is an amazing deal. Go to omahasteaks.com, type Woods in the search bar, and you can get this amazing gift for Dad. Hi, everybody. Tom Woods here. i got a short-ish episode for you today. I want to review a very, very interesting and very good column by Caitlin Johnstone. I've tried to get her on the show, by the way, and she told me more or less that She's kind of retired, at least for the time being, from doing interviews because they, you know, they cause anxiety and you know, rather just live a peaceful life, and I can totally understand that. Uh, this is not Diana Johnstone, by the way, whom I have had on the show, but Caitlin Johnstone, who does really, really terrific work. She's a left progressive, but she's very, very clear-headed when it comes to a lot of very important issues, and she's written a column on Trump and the deep state that I think is quite valuable. And I thought I would share it with you. Of course, I'm going to link to it at tomwoods.com slash 1170. Now, what she does in this column is argue that Trump is neither a Russian agent, nor is he an open opponent of the deep state. He's not a Russian agent, she says, for this reason. First of all, when the Russians buy somebody, they stay bought. The Russians are good at this. So they're not going to buy somebody who is going to turn around and thwart them at every turn. And she says, look at the actual Trump-Russia policy. Now, grant that it's possible that Trump adopted a bellicose posture toward Russia as a way of fending off accusations of collusion with Russia. That is possible. But if that's all that's happening here, this seems like an overwhelming overreaction because just to quote from her column, She says, declaring that the U.S. will never recognize Russia's annexation of Crimea, arming Ukraine, a nuclear posture review with a much more aggressive posture against Russia, expanding NATO, throwing out Russian diplomats, open regime change policy against Russian allies, attacking Russian media by forcing RT and Sputnik to register as foreign agents, and many other world-threatening new Cold War escalations make this administration the most aggressively hawkish against Moscow that we have seen since the fall of the Soviet Union. The Kremlin did not recruit an asset only to have it act against the Kremlin's interests with far more aggression than preceding administrations. Well, there you go. You lay it out that way. The idea that Trump is acting as a Russian lackey simply seems implausible on its face. And then in terms of the whole story, the whole Russiagate story, John Stone proposes that it's 10% hard facts and 90% desperate need to believe. But then on the other hand... Is Trump a deep state fighting populist hero? She says, well, that doesn't seem plausible either because he does seem to be advancing longtime deep state agendas around the world. So whether it's calling for regime change in Iran and Syria or protecting ISIS and al-Qaeda in Syria or aiding the Saudi royals in their war in Yemen – which has led to an unbelievable humanitarian catastrophe that I've talked about uh, numerous times – here on the show, Uh, increasing the military presence in the Middle East under the pretense of fighting terrorism, 
and this, again, these are her words, appointing warmongering psychopath John Bolton as national security advisor and actual literal torturer Gina Haspel as CIA head, continuing and expanding the Obama administration's war on whistleblowers, attacking WikiLeaks and pursuing the arrest of Julian Assange. These aren't exactly at odds with what the deep state has wanted to accomplish. So while on the one hand, it's quite obvious that Trump is not a Russian lackey, so that version of the story doesn't seem right. At the same time, the idea that he is fighting against the deep state is not so clear-cut either, especially when we look at the actual policies that he's pursued. Now, because of that, by the way, it seems to me that the reason the deep state is opposed to Trump, because I do believe that what's going on before our eyes is, you could call it a silent coup, except they they won't shut up, so it's, it's, it's an open coup. I think the reason they're doing it, and this is something I, I think we've talked about a number of times, is not so much that he's 100% different from them or he's, he's engaged in policies that are 180 degrees opposite where they would like them to be. Uh, some of these policies, again, they're very much in line with what the deep state wants. I think it is simply his unpredictability. It's the fact that he's not owned the way maybe other presidents were. And and I don't necessarily mean owned in the crude financial sense, but even that his mind is not necessarily owned. His mind is not – has not yet melded in with the DC blob. And so he's capable of the occasional independent thought. And that I think is what they fear. I think we're dealing with control freaks here. And they fear that he may go off and do something crazy. So even, even Ronald Reagan, who was rather mild, I think, compared to Trump, had people around him who would make sure that some of his crazy ideas never got implemented. So there's that famous exchange that Reagan had on an airplane with Ron Paul where they, start, they started talking about the gold standard and one of his uh, people started tutting him. I think it was Don Regan maybe. And, uh, and Reagan um, leaned into Ron Paul and said, uh, they don't like me talking about this. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> that's kind of revealing. Uh, or, you know, I know that there was, a, there was a deep strain in Reagan that he wanted to go down in history known as a peacemaker. I think that was genuine. I don't, I don't think that was fake. I think that was genuine. And I think they feared that. I mean, he, had, he even floated the idea of getting rid of all nuclear weapons. And I think this, again, this would be the sort of thing, let's try and nip that in the butt. So independent thought is, is not what they want. They want people who are going to repeat the talking points. Just look, it's all written down for you on the card. We just want you to repeat that. We want you, you know, you can believe in it. And that's, that's great too, if you do. If not, as long as you repeat what's on the card, we're satisfied. And Trump has repeated what's on the card, but occasionally he will say things that even if he doesn't follow through on them, nevertheless could get people thinking in dangerous ways. For example, if he starts talking about why, you know, what are we doing in Syria in the first place, or it's time to wind down in Afghanistan, or um, this war was a big mistake, or how about we just try to solve our own problems for a change? We have plenty of problems right here at home. Even if he just says that for applause, those are thoughts that they would rather the general public not have. In fact, it calls to mind the response people had – people. Well, I'm talking about the lizard people who rule us, of course. The response that they had after the financial crisis when a lot of people 
began looking at the Federal Reserve for the first time, and they began to wonder about it and whether it may have had a hand in this. And there was one commentator, and I can't remember who it was, and I may have quoted that person in one of my books, so if only I could remember what the heck I wrote in the past. But there was one person who said something like, we need the Federal Reserve to go back to being boring again. So that is to say, we want it to be in the shadows, in the background, certainly not a topic of conversation. <laughs> that is out. The, the less the Fed is a topic of conversation, the better a job it's doing. Because part of its job is to be in the background and not to be noticed, not to be commented upon, and not to call attention to itself. Because we like the way the system is running just fine the way it is, thank you very much. So there's a bit of that. This we don't want things said, even if you don't do them. We don't want people talking about them. You think they wanted people talking about, you think they wanted Ron Paul telling people about the Federal Reserve? You know, you think they want him saying, uh, look, this military empire we have all around the world is bankrupting us and it's causing us lots of problems. They didn't want that. And, and you may think, well, what about the Democrats? The Democrats? Barack Obama, when you would say to him, well, you know, we do have troops in X number of countries, he would say, now, wait a minute, we can't give in to isolationism. He knew what was written on the card. He knew that if you were to say, well, there's really no reason, what good reason is there for the U.S. still to be in country A, B, C, D, E, F, G, 50, 60, 70 years after there was any remote justification for it in the first place, he knows that it's not on the card to say, you know, that's some fresh thinking that we really could use around here, and I'm sure glad you raised that idea with me. And what's your name, son? He knows that that's not the way to speak. The way to speak is, that's isolationism, and we don't want to give in to that. All right, so what actually is the deep state? That's what I want to get into in a minute. But I do want to tell you about a sponsor I'm so excited to have because this is a product I've used for years and years that you guys are going to love that I just gave as a gift to somebody who's been a guest on the show several times, not Michael Malice, but somebody who is a little bit private and probably wouldn't want to be known. But let's just say it's somebody who's been on the show probably three times and is a wonderful person and not too long ago became a father again, has a lot of children. And I began to think, when you have a lot of children, you probably have enough onesies and things like that. But you know what you don't have enough of? Well, not the Contra Cruz, but you know what you don't have enough of? Steaks. You can never have enough steaks. And I thought, that's going to be a gift nobody else is going to get for him. So I went over to the Omaha Steaks website, and I sat there lovingly making up a gift package that... I just went completely overboard. I think I spent hundreds of dollars just to say congratulations to this one particular person. Well, given that Father's Day is actually around the corner and a lot of people are probably tired of getting a tie or socks or you know golf balls for your father, how about steaks? What I love about Omaha Steaks is that they're excellent cuts of meat all the time, reliable, convenient, delicious. They've got a package that is perfect for dad with a huge discount. They're going to deliver to you hand-trimmed, flash-frozen, and vacuum-sealed meats directly to your door in an Omaha Steaks cooler. Huge variety, all the highest quality cuts. Right now, they have a limited-time offer for my listeners for Father's Day. At 78% off, this is really an amazing deal. Go to omahasteaks.com, type Woods in the search bar, and you can get this Omaha Steaks Father's Day package, which includes two tender filet mignons, 
two beefy top sirloins, four chicken fried steaks, two boneless pork chops, four all-beef Omaha steak burgers, four gourmet jumbo franks, 12 ounces of all-beef meatballs, one pound of steakhouse fries, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha steak seasoning packet, and plus get four more grill-ready Omaha steaks burgers free with purchase. So again, get this limited-time package for only $49.99. When you go to omahasteaks.com, type Woods in the search bar and add Father's Day package to your cart. Now, don't wait. This offer ends soon, and it's a much, much better Father's Day gift than probably anything you were thinking about already. You're welcome. Go to omahasteaks.com, type Woods in the search bar, grab your dad, and fire up the grill. All right, back to Caitlin Johnstone. She says it's important, obviously, to get a handle on what the deep state actually is because— If you don't know what the deep state is, then you wind up with this bizarre situation we currently find ourselves in, in which Sean Hannity is managing to set himself up as a warrior against the deep state, when in fact, she she says, he's actually a longtime deep state lackey. So deep state does not mean anyone who opposes Trump or anyone in government who opposes Trump. Uh, She says that those sorts of people who think the deep state is just everybody who's a Trump opponent— And the Russiagate people who think there is no deep state, this is a concept that was invented by paranoid, crazy people, they're both wrong. There is actually something. She calls it the loose nonpartisan collaboration between corporatist plutocrats and intelligence-slash-defense agencies, which remains in place while America's official elected government officials come and go. And that's, that's the thing. They're there permanently. And then here's the point right here. She says, this unelected permanent government is the real seat of power in the United States, and it is therefore the thing that any real revolution is directed against, revolting against the political enemies of the U.S. president and revolting against the political allies of the U.S. president are the very least revolutionary things that anyone can possibly do. A real revolution is directed at the unelected power establishment, which is ultimately responsible for the fact that this U.S. president is acting more or less like his predecessors. And that is the scary thing, that time after time – this is why I I said something that's gotten a bit of traction on Twitter, where I said that no matter whom you vote for, you always wind up with John McCain. And the reason that is, is the deep state. You get people saying one thing, then they they get in office – And they're just like they become part of the Borg. They become part of the blob. No matter who they are, they become part of this blob. Why does that happen? Now, I I can't prove this. I personally think in Trump's case, it's not so much because he feels like his hands are tied. He literally – he must do what the deep state is telling him. I think it's in part driven by his lack of knowledge. And so he's easily wowed by experts and intimidated by experts. And also because of his lack of knowledge and his lack of systematic learning, he's not able to defend himself very effectively or stick to his guns or not be swept away by the last advisor he saw. I mean, George Washington even on the question of the National Bank was a bit uncertain. And so his position wound up being what, you know, the position of whoever the last person to speak to him on the subject was. And then he finally decided to go in favor of the National Bank because, after all, Hamilton was the Treasury Secretary, so he ought to know about these things, so we're going to support it. I think Trump is in that position um, much, much more intensely. He does have some decent instincts. There's no getting around that. Sometimes he does say America needs to come home and solve its own problems, which is, you know, not – 
pure libertarianism, but it's a pretty good start. And yet, where's the follow-through on a lot of this? Maybe, maybe there'll be some, but we're seeing an awful lot of completely avoidable bellicosity at the same time. And I think this is because unlike somebody like a Pat Buchanan, who has a well-thought-out ideology, who's widely read, who's been thinking about these issues for a long time, who's highly intellectually curious, who would surround himself with people he knows support where he wants to go, this isn't Trump at all. Trump doesn't even really know, I think, who a lot of the major people are. I think he thinks, well, I better, I better turn to the Heritage Foundation for help because I know they're right of center. But he's not part of this world, so he doesn't even know who would be the America First advisors. I don't think he even knows these people. Uh, who would be the people who would be around me, who would not be trying to stab me in the back and who would support me? You know, he knows some people in government, I think, who urged people to vote for him, and so maybe there's some of that. But, but even never-Trumpers he, he's got around him or he has very nearly hired, I think it's because he really doesn't know. I think if he were surrounded by a team of people like Buchanan, who basically f- favors the America first posture on foreign policy and on trade, so you know, good and bad, I think if he had Buchanans around him who are confident, knowledgeable, who can write a speech you know, that, would, that uh, would just make your head explode, I think you, there's a chance you might see some different things coming out of him. But given that he himself just doesn't have that intellectual heft I think he does blow in the wind a bit, and he figures, well, I mean, um, you know, on balance, maybe I'll just go with what every single respectable person around me is telling me to do. And you say, but Woods, that doesn't sound like his personality. Yeah, he does have a brash personality in public, but I think he's the sort of guy who is not that hard to sway on some things. On tariffs, I don't think you're going to sway him. You can get him to modify things a bit. On a few things, you're not going to sway him. But otherwise, if, if he doesn't perceive it as being absolutely fundamental to his agenda, then I think he can be moved. Whereas somebody like a Buchanan, I don't think would be moved. And a Ron Paul definitely would not be moved. Well, anyway, back to Johnstone. She says something that's clearly true. She says the same actions are playing out through the bodies of different men. Uh, she, so she believes that Trump is just being played by the deep state. To some degree, I think that's probably right. But as I say, I think to another degree, it's, it could have been different. I think it could have been different. I think, in other words, if I, let's say I were elected. Sorry, I'm not doing the agenda of the deep state. You're going to have to shoot me in the head. I'm not doing it. So I don't believe that it's an impossibility. Uh, if, if you go in there knowing what you want, you believe in it deeply, and you don't care if you get impeached. You don't care. Because to me, alerting people to the nature of the deep state is the best service I could yield them far better than passing some stupid bill that was generated by uh, some D.C. think tank. I would be prepared to do that. Anyway, she says, the stories about why these presidents do these same actions over and over change with each president, but the actions themselves are always the same. We've had three administrations since the famous seven countries in five years memo. This is a General Wesley Clark reference you'll see in the article. Um, Republican, Democrat, and now Republican again. But the plan goes ahead unabated. The deep state will have its way. Business continues as usual. We must realize that we've been duped, she says. We're having these fights over my Democrat versus your Republican. And someday I hope we're smart enough to look back on that and laugh and realize we were played. We were pawns in somebody else's game. 
The deep state persists regardless of these silly battles that ordinary, well-meaning people are waging with each other in the political realm. It doesn't matter if lackey A or lackey B gets elected. What matters is the agenda of that permanent government that stays there as other people come and go. And that's where you've got to direct your revolution, is at that. So check out this article. It's at tomwoods.com slash 1170. I think you'll become a Caitlin Johnstone fan. And as I say, she's a left progressive. But doggone it, she gets how things work, which is more than I can say for a lot of the neocons out there. Some of them do know how things work, and they approve of it, which is even worse. So anyway, check that out. And please, I'm telling you, take a minute this weekend to look at the video we have at ContraCruise.com. It is an amazing, amazing time. And Bob Murphy and I stay out all hours with everybody every single night. We have amazing, an amazing time together. You get to know wonderful people. You get to know Bob and me and all our special guests. It is going to be an unforgettable time. If you can get the time, I urge you to join us. Check it out at ContraCruise.com, and I'll see you next week. Become a smarter libertarian in just 30 minutes a day. Visit TomWoods.com to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll see you next time.